Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And me, Robbie. And this week it is our episode 17 with our continuing retrospective series. And this week we have made it to part four, the final destination from 2009. And I don't know if this is apparently the last one because it's the final destination, but this isn't the last one. Uh, it w- I think it was planned as the last one, but it's not actually the last yeah. one. And if you're not, you know, if you're not aware, um, and if you haven't listened to the, the previous three episodes of our uh, Final Destination retrospective, I'd go back and listen to them. Um, and you can see part three is where we felt it was straddling the line between kind of, um, you know, uh, an interesting kind of take on a horror film with kind of going a bit too fast and kind of yeah. going too kill heavy. Uh, I think Final Destination 3 had got to the point when this was no longer necessarily a, a contemplation of the meaning of death or the plans of death. Like those ideas had been played in the first two, but they weren't really there anymore in the third one. The, the third one kind of simplified it to this is a bit of dumb fun, which it is. It was, yeah. We kind of decided it was like, it wasn't anything special. It doesn't really didn't really bring anything new to the franchise, but the franchise was still kind of fun, yeah, kind of creative. And we said ourselves that we think it has some so had some of the best, yeah, some of the best like deaths of the series in that third one, yeah. And, and I that, think there, there there is an interesting one because the you know the the previous two they quite they played quite heavy with the theme. Of yeah. kind of death and um and each one does kind of have its own theme. Final Destination Three, it played with the idea of control, you know, and the lack yeah. of control that people have. Um, but it kind of it, it it just toyed with it. Where I I struggled to find the theme for Final Destination Four. In all honesty, yeah, you know, that no, it it this is this is the one when I think we've talked about it in previous episodes. We've said little like sided little comments about like it's built towards a point where the franchise goes from you know a like a fun franchise to maybe a little bit too lacking in ideas or lacking in concepts where it kind of strips i think what made it really an interesting series and brings it to the final destination (laughs) the possible ending that was planned for the franchise but weirdly it's this is a film which is if it's meant to be an end of the franchise it's weird that it would go out without basically removing most of what made the franchise good. Yeah. Like it does feel like it strips and like free stripped away some ideas. We like the police and things like that, that we said that yeah. extra element that they were worried about. Like, but this one, this one even like goes full on in, on one of what I find is sometimes the weaker parts of the film, which is like the premonitions Oh yeah. in between. Like, I feel like, those as the films go on get more and more. The last one, three, wasn't too bad because it was just the pictures, so it was only a momentary thing. The second one was a little bit random, where it just had like flashes and windows, and like it was a bit inconsistent. Yeah, but they they, they, they tried to the twist idea. it. Yeah, yeah they, they introduced because the first one, the premonitions were very um, something that would happen around them. Yeah, so something that would happen around them. There was a reflection in the window of a bus. Yeah, that one wasn't too much of a. Or there was the ash floating in the air in the in the first Final Destination film. They were all kind of like little little winks and the dark thing. and the darkness kind of ascending. Yeah, you know? those kind of things. And um, then second brings in this idea of kind of um, 
I remember we, we spoke about the man with hooks, you yeah. know, and this idea that you can see some clues, but anybody can see them. Yeah. Third has the pictures, which is kind of, um, which I, I, I'm not against. I thought it was a well enough kind of idea um, yeah. to just give you some vague hints about what's going to happen. And then four kind of, it does seem to really heavily lean into these ideas. I and we, this is the first, sorry to cut you off, baby yeah, boy. That's right. <laughs> this is the first film that was shot in HD 3D, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think this is a major part of where it goes from, where it becomes a problem is this one, it's almost as if they thought about the 3D before they thought about the story. Definitely. It's like, what will be the coolest 3D effect we can make? Then, how could we make that part of the story Basically. instead of that? So it very much makes me think of uh, the Piranha 3D films. Um, like I love Piranha. No, no, that's but, what I mean. Yeah. But that was a case of where you knew going into it exactly what that should be. It should be slocky. It will be. It'll be like it'll have naked people. It'll have people <laughs> running around and getting eaten into bits. That was exactly what we wanted it to be, and that's it. But this felt like a film like that. But, Except the problem is, if you try to bring that kind of concept of oh, just balls to the wall, like Piranha 3D, the first one was. Yeah. Um, the problem with that is, if you bring it to a franchise that has got let's let's be honest, a bit more ideas, a bit smarter yeah. than just the concept of piranhas eating people, then you're kind of losing the point of the franchise and this is what it is it becomes all about that like yeah can we get some tits in there can we get some guts in your face and and then it and and the pace of the film is uh, was one of our main things is that Definitely. this is the shortest film and you completely feel that because it feels like you're so rushed that you have no time to give a shit i don't, I don't remember any of the client uh, the characters names <laughs> the clients i was about to say the clients that you killed <laughs> yes i don't remember any of the characters names um no there's what like we've gone know. through this like literally like 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 when we were, we were talking before this um so we have the we have the guy the guy who was the security guard and i literally only think of him because i knew him as bubba and gubba forest gump oh, I I, yeah. <laughs> so literally every time i see him all i think is bubba but i don't remember what his name in the film was i don't remember what the main character's name in the film no was, I, I literally so i only know it's bobby it's bobby de campo bobby Campo. you say i, I know, know his actual name because yeah. i think i knew him from something else but he's in loads of christmas films. yeah um but, you get your Hallmark Christmas fix if you want it with Bobby Camper. But you know, overall, it's such a you know this is such a quick film. Um, it is. Um, so, so just give we'll us a rundown of what's going on. So uh, the first inter interesting thing is that this is actually directed by a previous director. So it's directed by David R. Ellis, who directed Final Destination Two, and it's such a weird decline in like I think in quality, Definitely. and even a, a decline in um, honestly the way it's shot looks cheap in this film. exactly in the second one it didn't the, the second one although it was lighter and brighter than the first one like we said it still looked good i thought yeah, and it held up bits. whereas this one i don't think has held up for it no, it's very... though, you know it's, it was made this one was only made 11 years ago compared to the, the yeah. second one <laughs> it's a yeah that's the thing it's a very it's a very cheap looking film and not it to is. not to jump ahead slightly but i think the budget for this was maybe at this point in the franchise was the highest, I think. Yeah, 40 million. 40 million. 40 million and that had to be down, I'm assuming, down to the 
you know, down to the 3D the, element. 3D of it. HD. Um, as this was earlier. I mean, this was right at the peak of. This is 2009. This is Avatar. This, oh, this yeah, is, this is uh, Avatar. Journey to the Center of the Earth. Like My those, Bloody Valentine. Yeah, those big 3D. Those big 3D experiences. I, those 3D eye popping spectacles. And it's not. I'm not to say it's not a franchise where I thought, okay, 3D could totally work with this franchise. Like, there are deaths that could work with them. There is. But, but there is. We all know that there's a balance between cheap, free, like cheap kind of um, like schlocky 3D where it's literally all about what's coming at your face and yeah. nothing else. Or there's ones where they use it as a device to actually make the story, improve the story. And in general, everyone can have a different opinion on 3D. In general, most of the time, most 3D films do not add that much to the film. I don't know. No, films. Um, you know, I, I'll admit, like say, if I'm talking Avatar, that was a, an exception. I saw it in the cinema. It looked far better in 3D. It completely distracted you from honestly what i think is a bit of a lack of actually any real story yeah. to that film no definitely it, I, like every time i've revisited avatar in 2d and i think i've only done that once or twice i was just like mm, this is actually is not very interesting no and it's <laughs> but, a shame with james cameron because it is it's just yeah I, I understand what he was doing but it felt like the most basic story yeah like like amazing visuals that still stand up and look free like hd perfect like wow you actually look real yeah. these characters it still like visually stands up, but it was literally a visual film. Yeah, there's it's like hollow in the middle, Definitely. which is which is kind of what amazes me that we've literally he's in the middle of finally finishing off two, three, four, and five. Why don't we're getting have... five Avatar films, and it was released in two thousand and nine? I mean, I'm sure because it will still be three D and stuff, China will absolutely eat this up. Will they? Yeah, does anybody so. care they, about Avatar? It, it just got a re-release, and it now is, is overtaken Avengers as the highest-grossing film of all time again, because they loved it. It literally earned a couple of extra. I think it's earned like a couple of fifty odd extra million just in China, just from being re-released. Even though they've probably all got it on three D Blu-ray. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I don't know. I've, so they absolutely love it. So that that that's why the film made like two odd billion films. Most of that came from China because they yeah. absolutely loved it. So the films will be profitable no matter what. Yeah, I'd be interested so. to see what other countries are like. There. I feel like there'll be a giant dip, I honestly. There might be a hype, but yeah. But I think with this film, we've went off on a little yeah, tangent. Yeah, I mean, but, but this, this, is, falls on the, this the, is the 3D hype and this, we're Yeah, about. and this, so it does make sense in context, but this falls into the kind of the cheapest side of the 3D for me, you know? It is. Because yeah. all of the kills... They're in 3D and they kind of suck as well. Yeah. They look cheap. I remember seeing they this do, yeah. in cinemas, uh, sixth form, um, and I went with uh, Sam and Alice, our friends. And or the the thing that I I remember one death particularly, um, which we'll talk about when we get to it. But the only other thing I remember is it being really quiet and Sam shouting this kid's name, going, "Dude, said his name," and the kid went, "Yeah," and then Sam just went. You're ignorant in this completely quiet cinema. Yeah. That's all I remember because it was it's just I such do. a fast paced, unrememberable. I film. mean, I talked in the last one about how much I um how much I, I like enjoyed once I finally got to see Final Destination 3 in the cinema. So I was really excited to see another Final Destination film in the cinema because normally these films work best in that environment. Definitely. They're like it just works so much better. And that's why I remember how disappointed I was when I left this film. Like I was like, I I never thought that this was a franchise that like could go below expectations because it was like, you know what these films are. So there's not yeah. really I wasn't really expecting anything. And I was like, in 3D, this could totally work. Yeah. This could be a fun ride. But to get to finish off the points of 3D, the 3D itself sucked. 
it didn't work. No, like I saw it in a 3D screen and and it, yeah, it did it not work at all. Well. Like it, nothing really popped out at you. They like I didn't like the whole you know there's like big scenes like the cinema scene where you think oh that's a cool idea you're in a cinema you're watching it on a cinema and you watch the screen explode at you, but none of it like came past the standard like so like with certain films with 3D sometimes they really do work you're like shit that actually's come out like that's actually come out of me or that's actually added extra depth into the film yeah but with this one that was another thing it, not only was it then a story disappointment. But it was a 3D disappointment yeah. as well, and that was like doubling down on what was disappointing. And that's weird because a lot of the, a lot of the times there was that, in in this kind of 2009 ish period, kind of towards the end of the decade, I guess. Yeah. There, and there was a lot of the 3D and stuff, and there was also a lot of um, what's the word, post production 3D. Yeah. So for, and so and you would if you watched this film, you would think it's post production 3D because it looks kind of so bad. But to see that this film was shot in HD 3D or yeah. 3D HD, it's kind of disappointing. That's what I mean. This was shot with the full on, like the camera. This was shot with some of the same technology that made much better 3D films. Yeah. So it was disappointing because if you saw any of those like post production ones, like for instance, if you watched any early Marvel film, yeah, they were done with post production 3D. They never wanted to film it fully in 3D, so they did it afterwards. And if you watch most of them. Apart from maybe a little bit of depth, it added nothing to the film. Those yeah. ones weren't planned to come out of you, to be fair. They were added to... Because a lot of people think the 3D is all about popping out of you, but actually yeah. it was meant to create so it felt like you were really immersed in that world. And some of them do that really well, where actually the 3D kind of did add a little bit to the film because you could almost see in the depth of the yeah. film. But that's what they tried to do with those, but they weren't. They were just flat. Most yeah. post-production ones, unless it was filmed properly in 3D, most of the time they were just... up extra money grab that's it, like we it? can get extra money off of you if we do it this way well what did it how did what did it gross because we said it's 40 million budget 40 million uh, 186.2 million and it is the most successful in the franchise but also the the but, most panned one yeah the most panned and also the highest budget of the franchise as well yeah. so it is kind of uh okay you know technically it made more but i don't think it i don't think it's a, a huge jump from the next film in the franchise's amount of money um, which I think was made for less than this one. I get the impression it was because that. I mean, we'll get we'll talk to that. But next this week. is. Um, but yeah, this one's budget to think. Yes, okay, it made the most money, but it was because it was building on the hype. A lot of films made extra money then. Yeah, you find a lot of them where they had a sequel around of the 3D boom is because the 3D gave extra money to the films. Well, I mean, what was the how much extra were the tickets? They were like a pound fifty, two pound extra for a yeah, 3D film. Normally, yeah, and I'm guessing that for, you know. The 3D gogs didn't, you know, account to any of that. No, I don't think so. But the extra cost they put on top of the 3D film did. De yeah, definitely. So, you know, that time. extra pound 50, when you're talking about millions of people buying a ticket. Yeah, that, a lot. that accounts to... And, and that's only some. I think some places actually were even more than that, to be honest. I think some of them act properly, like, added on price to that 3D ticket. Because I always remember, because we had... Um, we had the cards for the local cinema, didn't we? And yeah. you didn't have to, you know... When, when we went to see a, a 3D film more recently, because there was there's a few 3D films these days, um, you didn't have to pay any extra. No. And I always loved that because I hate, you know, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, tick, and cinema tickets for people who love films like me and you, when we were teenagers, particularly, didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. Tickets were expensive, you know. Oh, and, yeah, damn uh, expensive. Yeah. And I mean, once it, you hit that adult age, you're looking at like 10, 12 pound a ticket yeah and that's like ridiculous 
we're lucky that we had Cineworld over here, which has the old unlimited card, which lets you pay less than £20 a month. Yeah. And you can see as many films as you want, which is actually we, we a major saving if you use it. Like, yeah, we used definitely. to use it all the time. Yeah. We would make our money's worth out of that. Well, we'd go to the cinema at probably every other week together, just yeah. to see what anything that was on. Yeah. And then I went with Chelsea once a week as well, because she had one. So I was yeah. getting my money out. Yeah. I've seen a lot of films. Plenty and of I films. loved it. Um, but... Do you want to run down? Let's do the rundown. So, in terms of the background behind this, this is uh, this was like writing, producing all of the ones that like had been returning figures in some part, like James Wong or Jeffrey Riddick. They're nowhere to be seen by this. Yeah, one. they're gone. They're, they're like, yeah, we're done with this franchise. Which again, my may account for why the director maybe has just been given free reign because like, well, you've done this before. You made a good one, so just you know go and make your film. Yeah, and. Um, I don't think necessarily he hasn't actually got uh, David R.S. hasn't has actually got an amazing track record. He's made a lot of these kind of films. I think there was one like Shark Night or something like that, 3D. Shark Night 3D. I mean, Shark Night 3D. I, I, haven't, I have not seen that film, but I know it was absolutely trash, like a yeah. like, 3D trash film. It was a 3D trash film, but I can't it's a film s- called Shark Night. Yeah, that's what you expect. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. But it's those kind of, I think he. He might have even done one with Piranhas, you know. He might have done not the first one, but the second one, the free double D. Free double D. Which was like, <laughs> well, we will get around to watching those because they're just fun. We will. Um, yeah. So the running time is eighty-two minutes to run back. This is quite minutes. a short film. That is a short. That that is a very short film. Let's be honest. And that, uh, even by two thousand, a, ch- a children's film, an animation, you'd expect to be about an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah. But that's an eighty-two minute running time, which means that includes the credits. And the yeah, that's the whole running time. So that includes credits. So that's pretty mad, especially when a 3D film probably has extra cr- long credits because of the yeah. 3D production team. But well, I know this one does. Yeah, so that's mad. That really, you're only getting probably about seventy to seventy-five minutes of film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just over an hour. That's not like that's a pretty poor. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, let's remind ourselves a little bit of some of the cast name because, as we said, we cannot remember them. So and we will. I imagine we'll be referring to them as the cast. Yeah. So all the tropes. Yeah. Bobby Campo is our main uh, protagonist, and he is uh, Nick. Uh, Chantel Van Zantane as Laurie, who is his girlfriend. Yeah. Um. Nick Zeno is Hunt. Hunt the cunt. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> is that what I said? Cunt, explicit. Yeah, that's what I you're like, oh, I know who that character yeah, is. Yeah, I was thinking, who the fuck is Hunt? Yeah, Hayley no, Webb I... as Janet. I believe that is that's... Laurie's friend. I, like, I think, you see, this is how, like, literally, like, the characters just mean nothing to me, that she really, although she was in more of the film than Hunt, she made She's, less yeah. of an impact than him. And, yeah, and I'll, I'll, make, a, I'll make a comment after. Um, I actually can't say this name, and I believe that this is... My Michael T. Williamson as George Lanter, which is Bubba. <laughs> Bubba. Yeah, Bubba Gum. <laughs> um, and then uh, you know that, that'll do. We don't we don't need to because the rest of them saying their name would be more character development than the rest of the characters getting this film, to well, be honest. Well, the, the weirdest thing is we have this um we have uh we have George Bubba, um, who is obviously a black gentleman, and then we get um this kind of southern racist character. Yeah, and though, and the, it's strange that the that that is the most interesting dynamic in this film. It literally is, is. that you have. I uh, mean, Bub, the Bubba George George. His character is more interesting. I would have rather he been the protagonist definitely. of this film. If they'd gone with the angle of George and the fact that, like in his previous, like 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 
So to talk about Jordan's past um, before we even go into the film, but it's okay because as soon as we get into the film, we'll be at this point in the film anyway because that's how quickly it goes yeah. from the beginning of the film into it. George, as a character, we find out that he has a background of alcoholism yeah. and that he uh, it's implied that it was a car crash and that it killed his wife and daughter, Yeah, I believe. I believe. Um, if that had been a part of the story of this Final Destination was about someone kind of if they'd gone with a slightly more serious and less of the 3D, and they'd gone with someone with a bit more of a serious like dynamic of someone overcoming something like that and now being faced with the idea of death, yeah. that, that alone is a more interesting a story, Fred. And, and a more interesting if he had been the main character and also going with an older character instead of a younger character, yeah. it might have been interesting, you know, about how they think about life and death. And we do get ideas with him of like suicide, and we get quite and okay, like funny, maybe it's weird. It's kind of yeah. In we'll some ways it's funny, in some ways it's not. But all of that stuff is more interesting than anything. I mean, can you, off the top of your head, tell me anything about Nick's life? What he does as a job? I believe at some point they want to go traveling for some reason. I and that's him and Laurie. I can't remember. I I literally the, can't. Like, I've watched this film like t- I watched it like part of it again with you. Yeah. And I watched it again. This is how bland Bobby Campo is. Like, but it's not necessarily it's, his fault. It's I not his think. fault because I think he's, he's given nothing. He, yeah. He. I mean, the, we're saying this. So we've got. Um, uh, let me try. I'm going to try and pronounce the name. If you're a long time listener of the show, you know I I can't pronounce names. Even uh, a struggle with my own name. Um, but McKelty George. Yeah, McKelty. We know that McKelty's got acting chops. I mean, he was he was in Forrest Gump, and he was a he had a good. I mean, he's role got actually it. quite a big. Like, he's got, yeah, he's quite, quite a big uh, history of films. You get forget because he looks so different as Bubba Gumley. You can't kind of forget it's about twenty actors. years between. Yeah, but you know, you have him, and he's got some good acting chops. Um, and even Bobby DeCampo, like, is it Bobby Campo, or am I just adding the DeCampo? Uh, it's not DeCampo, it's Campo, Bobby Campo. <laughs> You're thinking of Gino DeCampo. I'm thinking of Gino DeCampo. <laughs> um, but he, you know, so both of the these actors are good the, actors, there but are they're not few, given anything. Even I'd even say um, Nick Zeno, who plays Hunt, again, given nothing to do. I've seen him in other stuff. He's actually quite a good actor. Yeah. But he doesn't, like, he's literally played as this one stereotype and so we're basically talking character here before like we're talking about the character list and this is character and this is how little there is to talk about what we just explained about um uh mckelty williamson's george is literally like that is the most character development we get pretty much in the whole film and the dynamic you said with the the, 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 the racist, racist character is like the most interesting dynamic between two characters we get and we get to that death pretty quick because obviously he yeah is. so let's so we, we? I just, I just want to add one more add thing a little about bit. the kind of you know the that that the racial dynamic that they could have gone with. Yeah. So I think if they'd have put you know uh, George as the main character, yeah, then they could have dealt with this idea of um, you know like an older character being t- taking the lead in the franchise. They could have gone with this you know troubled back pa- back past <laughs> backstory yeah. of you know um, he, you've got his alcoholism in there and you've got that he's previously almost been in a near-death experience that yeah. well, you know, that he had a lot of the responsibility for. So you could have had him as a character looking and exploring the idea of, you know, 
escaping death and and yeah. what is fate because he actually had escaped death it had escaped death but then you could have added in this extra element with the this racist character who was name i can't even remember so i'm just calling him the racist because he's the most like stereotypical southern apart yeah. from he's he is borderline uh south park caricature of a racist isn't he yeah but he you could have if he was kept alive a bit longer you could have had this interesting story of two people and a juxtaposition between them you know this racist's kind of hatred for another man just because of his race but yeah. then kind of brought together through the the kind of quest to find out what's going on and to try to change their fate so you could have had an interesting dynamic there carter is carter i've uh, i had to literally um check the prep check, check through check the prep to, to actually find in my story where his name actually pops up yeah and i, I just give this a thing is like every every other time and that's what like like that story like that's a more that's a way more and some people out there might be going yeah, but this is a final destination film. It doesn't have that like fit. But let's be I I would say against that that the first two films actually really do try harder with their stories. Particularly the first one. Yeah. First to one kind so. of delve into it as a as a little bit more character based and a, like less death. Yeah. Whereas this one goes the other way and goes death and thing. And what I backed that up with is the fact that I'm literally just had a little peek at what I've written up for my the story. And yeah, let's get on. When I've looked at this, I've looked at other areas for the story. And literally, the reason I struggled to find the car name is because it literally goes from one scene of one death to the next scene to the next scene. There are three character deaths in one paragraph. That should prove wow. how quick the deaths go from one to the next in this film. I mean, the accident itself is... So let's, um, so let's kick it off. You, yeah. you, you counted the time, and I think I might have mentioned this slightly last episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, the so the in, in Final Destination 3 and two and even one there was a there was 15 minutes before the accident even started before the premonition started where people have seen the yeah. clues and stuff like that this this accident is i believe already taken place or is in the in halfway before this film even hits eight minutes yeah that's what it's that's, so quick there, the, there is no time to build no. up character it literally opens up at the um we we don't really have them over here at the motor. It's not motocross. It's a uh, NASCAR. It's NASCAR racing. Yeah, you know we and I mean, it's so it just it opens up there. We so we see we see the characters of Nick and Laurie and Hunt and Janet come in, and obviously yeah. we get, and obviously we get little little dynamic. But this is how little you even get like a proper thing. You barely even notice because most of it is from Nick's perspective, where Nick's the one kind of looking around at different people. Yeah. So we kind of get it a bit, a little bit more from his perspective. Whereas in uh, in the other film, you kind of jump to different characters quickly with moments yeah. like such as in Free, where you got the fairground, and you, even though it was maybe uh, Mary lives Elizabeth Winstead's character kind of walking around, um, you, she, you still a... like you, this. The camera still went onto them properly half the time, yeah. and actually gave a second like where you had like characters like the athlete and stuff like that doing things, and you got a quick idea yeah this one we don't even actually zoom in enough on them to even get a proper idea of what like even in that stereotype kind of quick idea no it's literally like he's looking around and he sees a mother who's putting like tampons in her kid's ears yeah and that's um, like okay so that's a character yeah that's a character you know we get the cowboy who comes in and like pushes past and i'm like oh i'm sorry like can you move like sorry man like sorry. proper yeah <laughs> and you you get the you get the racist carter and his and his girlfriend cynthia but then he's doing the um 
I don't know what it's called because obviously um, we barely know anything about the American Civil War. But I know that he's do he's whistling like a, a confederate, a confederate song like, yeah. at George when George walks past. Yeah, the only does. way I know that is because in the episode of The Office, you know, where Andy is um, tra- tracing his like family history yeah. and he thinks he's related to Michelle Obama and they're like, oh, you know, we think you own slaves. And somebody changes his ringtone to that. Yeah. And then when they call him, they all start like slapping their legs on. That's the only reason I know that song. Yeah. Uh, so I've I, I mentioned think... South Park before and there literally is an episode where Eric Cartman kind of, they're doing a reenactment and he takes over the confederacy like side of the team or whatever yeah uh one of the sides and it does these like slow like old pants up where like eric cartman is writing oh like, yeah dear madame Oscar, to mrs like he's talking in his little confederate voice and i think it has that music playing yeah. like those kind of things we know that from that because we're not american we don't no. know your history that so, <laughs> so i imagine when i saw this in the cinema in 2009 when I hadn't watched The Office, I probably didn't have a clue what he was whistling. Yeah. I, was like, oh, I mean, I think it does give you a couple of like, it gives you a he's like, of Carter's like eyeing up George's yeah. character. Um, but you kind of see him that, in, yeah, he's being a general dick. So you go, okay, this guy's a dick. And then behind him's the mechanic character. No, that's in front of them, isn't it? Oh, in front of, oh yeah, he is in front of them. And he's sat there and it he's getting fast. a bit pissed off by other people, like the way that they're acting, I think, um, yeah. you know. And, and like, I, I don't know. I, I, is there a character we've missed? I feel like George is yeah. the security guard going up and down the sides checking people. It's the cowboy. Um, the cowboy. Yeah, I, I, apart from that, yeah, we've, I've mentioned Carter and his girlfriend Cynthia are there. And, I mean, um, even... and this is just, but that's what we get. We get them and we get kind of uh, Hunt and Nick and that and Laurie and they're kind of reacting to other characters like, like oh, like why is she sticking tampons in her kid's ear? Yeah. And, and why is that guy being such a dick? And we're like, like, oh, I can't see anything past this guy. And one, it's jarring, I find, when you watch it. it. The speed that it happens is really jarring that you don't have a clue about these characters. when you. And that is a, a thing, As I just think, as a, as a director, like, how could you watch that and be like, yeah, that's fine. We, we how, don't know shit. But... How could you go from making potentially one of the, the best openings yeah. Because I think the best opening. Oh yeah, this two is, is five. Uh, David, yeah, David, two is the the two is the one that's this. Every time you watch it, the it scares the shit out of you. Yeah. Anytime you hit the road, like it is exactly, and it visually looks amazing. And also, as we mentioned in that one, it's also the one that gives you the best character development because you see in each the scenes. We see each car. We jump between each yeah. car. We get a little idea of each of them, and we get to see them each die in different individual ways. In and you opening. get some really good prep. You get some. Re- you get the pile up. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. You, you get, get loads, loads of stuff like that. Amazing and, little thing. And this one does like, I, I don't even know what things actually he gets, like what little like hints he gets. I, he, I think he has gum again. I think he, gum pops up again on the receipt or something. I'm sure and he... I think as soon like crack or break. So one of the, I'm sure one of the seat breaks, he asks the, the cowboy to move um, and they see the woman putting the tampon in the ears. I yeah. think that's the one. It's just basically the, 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 but the same fit. Like it's more things that the characters do and not necessarily like little creepy hints like no. the other films have. Um, but that also might be because we get so quick. And then, as you said, the second one, yes, has the best like overall, which is why it's so interesting that, I mean, let's even just say, even the idea of this one is a crap idea. That's why is that? Why to. is that? Like every, we mentioned every other film, including the next one in five, all of them are things that people could do in their everyday life, do all of the time. I'm sorry if, like, it's for you in America, maybe in, cer- like, in yeah. certain states, 
this is uh, an every weekend thing to you, so it's scary to you. But for the general population, it's not. we don't go anywhere near a NASCAR race. I've never. Even or even if we adapt that to, say, a Formula One race or something like that in the UK, which is not as dangerous as NASCAR is. It's a very niche thing. It's a very It'd niche thing, which is why it's so disappointing, because it's like, I mean, we did say that Final Destination 3 almost felt like Maybe the producers went shit. They took our like they took it's what we could have done. The end with the train. A train crash would have been an amazing opening for a film. Like yeah. it could have been better than two because of the visuals that you could have worked in there and the characters you could have built on the different like in the different parts of the train yeah. and things like that. But instead, we get this NASCAR thing, which again almost seems pointless because it's not even an interesting thing. We just get to see the cars drive around. Which yes, I don't know. Maybe that's it. It's not that interesting to me. But we don't even get the full, like, we get a couple of scenes of, like, the backs of wheels. And, like, I think uh, they leave the, when they're changing the tires, they leave the wrench in so it flicks yeah. off. And I'm getting straight into the the, the, the moment because this is what happens, That's basically. Very- it literally goes straight into it. Those kind of things move around. We said about one of the, the things kind of break, but that kind of builds up to one of the deaths that happens in the premonition. Yeah. It's it's all it's just it's so quick and there's I could, no tension. In the other all, in all of the other deaths I could tell you individual piece by piece what happens on the thing. But it's also the fact that there's a complete distance between the NASCAR explosion and the deaths. All of the deaths are kind of part of the, the, the seating area and all of the fit like it's almost like in every other one they're either actually on the plane or they're actually you know, and or they're in the cars, or they're in the, the you know, they're part of it. Whereas it feels like you've got two events happening here. You've got the NASCAR thing blowing up on there, and then you've just got people dying in the seating. Yeah, area. I guess it is the it's the chain effect of it. You know, oh, kind of thing. Yeah, and and I guess wheels. maybe they're going for like, oh, if you went to be in the audience of uh, anything, if you're in the audience of something and something happens, kind of thing. But I literally would have gone like anything. Like we mentioned the cinema scene later on and things like that. But even the cinema probably would have been more effective as a beginning yeah. than NASCAR or like in a theater where the building starts collapsing and things like that. And they have to get through, but I don't know. I, I felt a kind of disconnect between, because you don't really get to see half of the NASCAR stuff. Anyway, you kind of just see stuff flying towards the stands. Yeah. You don't see that much of it like exploding <coughs> or yeah. things like that. And here's the, here's the figures. It's so far removed from a, a, a situation you would find yourself in. Yeah. So you, you know, if you've been listening to the previous ones, you know that I've been driving recently and I've been driving behind things and yeah. I see it and I think something's going to happen. Most people these days catch commercial flights. Yeah. People, you know, do go on roller coasters. It's a lot more of a regular occurrence to go to a theme park than it is to go to a, a racing thing. And especially for us. Anyway. Yeah. And last week, um, me and Anna went, walked over a suspension bridge. Yeah, and I was I was walking so, over a suspension bridge, and I'm not joking, a um a car drove past us, and I felt the the I felt the bridge wobble. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit! And I said to Anna, oh fuck! And she was like, you're so she was like, how are you, how are you so shook up over those films? And I was like, because it's so normal. Yeah, you know? that's, it, it is that like normality. Yeah, is what makes it scary. Is because every time we get onto a plane, even without these films, every time you get onto a plane, every time you get onto a roller coaster, you're scared and worried. And to be honest, every time people drive, they're a little bit scared that shit, what if someone suddenly pulled out in front of well, me? Well, you're, you're handing over some of the control, aren't you? Yeah, in all of those situations. And this one just doesn't seem like a scenario where I would go in and be like, right, I'm really scared I'm going to die right now. Like, there's none of that inbuilt no. fear. 
that oh my god i'd hate to be in that situation like and the speed and the pace is another thing that completely yeah. takes away from any of that fear. If they yeah. were really stuck, like if we got longer where maybe they were stuck around burning, smouldering things, or they're really trying to escape, but it just all feels too quick. Yeah, and we, I mean, we've been talking about the actual crash. I think we've been talking about the problems with the premonition longer than yeah. the actual premonition. Yeah. Because the premonition itself so, is really quick. Let's get to the... the so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm building this in my head a little bit more than I can't even... So, like, the, the debris in the ground set. So, we've got – so, the mechanic uh, – I'm, I'm going to play this out, I think, because the order is a bit, like, shaky in my head, I think, and it's never actually made that clear, really. He goes – we get a little bit later on, you know, when the characters always go – like, he goes back to stands to see if he can work out where yeah. where things happen. And we'll just say that as – yeah, there you go. That's that's one of the only extra scenes we get where it's probably not involving a death. Yeah. Um, he goes back to work out that situation. And now I'm doing that because I'm working on to, like, what actually happens in the stands. So we get the mother with the, the – her kids manage to get away in front of her. The engine off of one of the cars explodes as it goes around the track. Yeah. And it basically, like, slams her against the sides. Yeah. So she just gets – like – which is like suit like super quick bang yeah she's dead the mechanic goes to that crack in the thing comes back around he because he steps on, on it falls backwards and we get a proper 3d like as it comes through the back yeah. of his head towards the screen um who else do we get um we, some people just die some just like that hunt hunt and janet get oh, crushed by the, the debris time. that falls down like that and it's like, but there's not even actually like much. Like, there's just a bit of a blood effect underneath around it. It's so quick, and it, yeah. it looked fake as it's well. It looked proper fake. Effect. It looked like two characters where you kind of like Photoshop fold that in, and there yeah. we go. <laughs> like, um, and then, you know, I'm really struggling. I, uh, I, have, I know, I know. Bobby Campo gets in an explosion, and he gets oh, impaled. He gets him, and he gets ends. thrown back at the end, doesn't he? Yeah. Onto that. Um, George's character, I can't really remember. I think he just gets. Does someone get trampled? I think someone gets trampled. Yes, yeah, somebody gets trampled, but I can't remember who it is. Is it his last he gets trampled? I have seen this twice recently and I can't remember. I could have told you the complete, like, of all the other ones. I can still remember for the next one we're talking about, Fire the Station 5. I haven't watched it in two weeks and I can tell you what happens to each character on that bridge because it's so well <laughs> yeah. that's a really good First, This one is, yeah. It's, it, and it, this so is... people die. People die, they, yeah. and then he changes his mind, and we get out of there. And this, this, like, I feel like I don't need to describe it much more because he but, gets everyone out of there, and not, and he get they get into another little fight thing, which quite often happens. But this and, is the first time that I believe this is the first and only time that all of the survivors from the film are together again, are actually together because they come out. Um, you have the uh, and George stops the racist dude from going back in. Yeah, Which is does. another little hook that we get there because, oh, you know, now the racist guy, Carter, blames George for his wife's death. Yeah. Which is something that could have been played out, but isn't really. Um, and then you get um, the, and then basically everybody gets outside and the mechanics are there with his last. And then it's straight away we get our first survivor death. You know, yeah, we do. The tire somehow flies right over the top of the stadium. And, and comes straight down, just bombs and rip like basically tears the top of her head off and part of her body off. Basically, you just see it goes splat against the screen. Basically, yeah, yeah. And the tire hits you in the face. Yeah, there's nothing there. But, um, and I'm sure after this, we then we go don't get any. To... They're all stood there together, but we get like we get that 
we, again, this film is all reactive. It's yeah. all reactions of how we're going to get here. And oh my God, that just happened. But it's no talk or speech or like even exposition is very low in this one, which exposition can be terrible, but sometimes it can be helpful. I mean, yeah. this one is like, this is why I'm trying to say like, I think I remember when I said to you about like, how does he work out the order and how does he work out when li you had literally just finished watching it? And I was just like, yeah, how did they do that bit? And we couldn't remember because it doesn't explain half of the stuff no. he's doing. Uh, but we got some, we got some plot holes at the end, didn't we? Yeah. Because we were literally like, what the fuck? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. And then we watched the, uh, you know, we, we watched the delete, the hidden ending, well, yeah. the alternate ending, um, which, yeah, again, didn't really give much. So, yeah. Um, but I'm sure after this scene of having everybody together, we then jumped to Carter's death, I think. We do, yeah. Which is straight away. Yeah, so, yeah. I, 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 maybe, maybe at most we get, do we get them sat in a coffee house? The the four main, like. Yeah, maybe. But I, I, I'm not sure if that's yeah, it. I think, or I think we do. They sat in a coffee house because they meet up. They're having a little bit of a talk. And then does he, he have. It, Again, this doesn't really give us much about anything. It's kind of just one of those moments where we're sad and we're sat here and we're saying little things and how could that happen and how did you know? Yeah, because there's always the how did you know conversation. There's always the how did you know that. Hunt. Hunt doesn't care. Hunt doesn't just, care. He's just like, yeah, oh, fuck it. I'm going off to play golf or some shit. He's, yeah, he's going um, off to bust. Janet seems a little bit weirded out, but again, that's not really ever played up that she's freaked out or anything by Nick's character. Laurie just seems to accept it and Nick just kind of sits there silently. So again, it's a scene where normally in the other ones, you'd have a bit more of a conversation about it. The characters don't say a lot at all. And they usually just... you get everybody um, brought in. Yeah, different reactions. Like, yeah. like that scene outside of the stadium when they're all together is when you would have expect to see lots of different, like this is when we could get to know our characters a little bit, okay? We could, yeah. How are they reacting to this kind of thing? And apart from, obviously, we have the... Um, Oh no! Before, bef okay, before Carter's death, we have the memorial. Oh yeah. So it literally goes from like in a cafe to like mm. a memorial, and that's where and the, the memorial is when racist dude drops the end. Carter, yeah, he, yeah, he drops out naughty little N. And he says to, like, watch your back or something, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And then you've got the 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 mother character, I think called Samantha. I think yeah, Samantha she comes up with her family and like thank you, like you saved our lives, kind yeah. of thing. Um, so they're actually nice about it. Um. Some of the others are just kind of distant about it. The mechanic, mechanic just kind of just is there. But again, it's all like people coming up and thanking them and stuff like that. But again, this is like two scenes back to back where you've got all of the characters together and you don't tell us anything about the characters. Yeah, you, you, you give us nothing except again for Carter and George. Which... They're the only two that get a dynamic in the film where literally Carter then comes up to him. And obviously, as we said about like Cynthia, his girlfriend dies inside because George stops it, which is the smart thing to do because yeah. the whole place goes up. But we think it does. Weirdly, from the angle we're seeing, it actually doesn't look that bad inside. No, you just but... see a bit of smoke. It doesn't look like it's like it doesn't look like it's crumbling as much from the outside no. either. So they haven't bothered with the effects to add on. They've just kind of done like right, put a smoke bomb by the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then have people run screaming through it. Yeah. That'll be, that'll do it. That'll, 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 that'll do it. That'll do it. That'll do it. Um, but it's, it's the thing, you know, it's it's the characters all together again and there's no, um, there's no kind of interaction between them or there's no. nothing. It's I, like, I've, even like Nick and, Nick and Laurie who are meant to be like partners and things like that. And they just kind of, they're stood together and they're just kind of saying like nice things of it. But they're, they're not actually talking to each other. You no. know what I mean? We're not actually getting a real dynamic between them. We're just like, okay, this is white and white, boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I imagine this is the white and they're bland and boring. Yeah. I imagine <laughs> it's just um, 
you know, like, the, and that's the thing because the director of this obviously did the second one, and yeah. after the crash of the second one, you get the interesting, um, you get the interesting themes where they're all talking about what's going on, and they mention Flight One Eighty, yeah. and then I can't remember the name of the dude, the guy who tries to shoot himself later on in the film. Eugene. 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 He's like, you know... In fact, FD2. FD2, <laughs> which was also made by the same guy. Yeah. He's like, well, actually, no, I don't believe in any of this, you know. None of that's explored. It's no. just, we're at this memorial, and it's like each cow. it's like they're saying, we, we don't have enough, like, uh, we don't have enough room to have everybody in together, so we have to have, like, yeah. each person goes up, says a line, and then goes off. And it's yeah. just like, it's just such I a don't jarring know, I thing. don't know. If, like, I know with the 3D ones, I know they're much heavier and much harder to kind of move. So that could be why a lot of these scenes feel more static and less, like, moving. They like, just don't want to move the action. But, like, that, that could actually be in it. But then that's, like, then it's like, well, don't put that ahead of the film, then. Be like, well, it's not worth it. If it's going to, like decrease the the movement in a film when really we need to be able to follow these actions and stuff yeah um and it's so it, it just is like as you said with the previous ones it is like each of them kind of had their own little thing maybe that they added to it and yeah. the third one although we said like stripped a lot of it back it kind of the third one kind of became this very like teen horror franchise yeah it did. whereas the first two didn't feel necessarily completely like more accessible in general i thought to people who like something a little bit more maybe horror with a little bit more of an idea behind yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas the third one kind of leaned into that. And but that was absolutely fine. But this was one where it, tr it we've talked about like the later on we get like twists and things like that. This one tries for twists without explaining anything. For therefore that they no. don't make any sense and they just don't work. Like there's so many parts in this film that just don't work. And on top of that, as we build into Carter, so Carter's deaf. Carter's death is it is probably actually my favourite death in the film <laughs> because it literally, as we said, it's the only one where we've got some kind of build-up or something behind yeah, it. Yeah, because obviously he goes to do his whole Ku Klux Klan <laughs> shit. So he drives up George. in his tow truck up to George's house. And he's battered on a couple of cans. Proper battered, well. yeah. His car's covered in cans and he gets... He, he gets a cross out yeah. of him and goes up to the front of George's lawn and starts trying to put that on there. We've already got the idea that he's... Um, knocked off on his tow truck the hook's been knocked down it's the horseshoe isn't it yeah the horseshoe, horseshoe uh, we get a little we just, and this is actually one where we get a little bit of the, uh, those more of those like little reactions from this to this yeah. to this where we get the whole yeah the short horseshoe drops down and it's it like takes off the handbrake and the and then the car starts move like moving and the the petrol on the back pours off and starts pouring down the hook and it's kind of already moving down the lane yeah. kind of thing but Carter hasn't realized this and he goes up and he starts hammering down the cross on the lawn. And we see George inside of his house, you know, reading his book. Really educating. It's a, it's a, it's about his alcoholism. In fact, it is, oh, is it the, the, rules, the, the, the 12 AA. step. Okay. AA. And um, so again, like even that's a little moment that tells us a little something about the character yeah. again. Um, and he hears some like, he, I think he starts to hear something a little bit outside, but then that's when Carter realizes his car's going away from yeah. him. And, um, the, not only this, but this is one where it has, like in Final Destination 3, the music is used for some fantastic little like yeah. <laughs> humour because as it knocks down, it turns on the radio and we've got uh, Why Can't We, we Be, be friends. friends blaring. Yeah. 
and um, and a car tries to get like onto the he tries to stop the car and he like he goes back like to the front but he can't catch it and he gets to the back of it and he I think he tries to like go for the the to climb on the back of the yeah. instead instead his foot gets caught on the hook yeah and he ends up slipping and we we get a little bit of like a a weird like his, his scream sounds like a, like you know when they put in like the the, like the, like the, the screaming no man or the yeah. or the, the, the <laughs> or the you know like the, the same sound you hear of someone like falling in a film like that ah! like yeah. it's the same one that's repeated in loads the, of different like films. The, Wil- the Wilbur scream. Or We've talked about this yeah, before. Wil- I can't yeah. remember what that. Yeah, but it's one that goes back like to like the 1930s or so. Yeah. It was the first time it was created, and they still use it in films to this that. day. Um, but yeah, we get a, like an animated scream like that, where he makes like a girlish like. Like a scream yeah. down, and then he starts getting dragged, and as that the, the petrol continues to pour down, and it starts to pour and then, onto him, and then I think the sparks of the, the hook on the, the road hook, yeah. cause him to set a light, and he's just that's when George comes out of his house and just sees a guy getting dragged down the street on fire with Why can't we be friends? <laughs> like and you know, I'm not um it's not necessarily like creative, but because of the way they've set it up. It yeah. totally works that he's now the one going down the street burning instead yeah. of being the one. There's a good, there's a good kind of irony to it, I guess. Yeah, it's very, it's a very, it's, it all happens again very quickly, very quickly. It's a very quick scene, but that I remember, I again, I remember being in the cinema and being like, oh, I'm not sure about this film, and then that one, that death kind of made me, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe we've got like, if they're gonna go with a bit of tongue in cheek, like funny, not take it too yeah. seriously, maybe I can accept this. But they don't. For the, they no. still try to take it seriously. If all of them were a bit more like tongue in cheek, then I could accept that this was a schlocky 3D film. But it doesn't have. That's the other thing it's missing. It's not fun no, in a lot not. of ways. It takes itself too seriously to the point where it's so quick and so like kind of serious at points. Weirdly, but in a film which does not look like a serious film, isn't shot like a like no. It does like if it was shot like Final Destination Two, then I might have been able to take it a bit more seriously. But it's not. No. It is ha- really bright colors and really over the top, like three D like animation. Where let's be honest, like in even in that opening when blood and guts come pouring at you, it looks like a cartoon. Blood. Yeah, it does. It, it looks properly so looks CGI. Cartoony. Um, um, and then we jump straight to a net another death after this, don't we? Yeah, it's literally no, I think we, I no think breathing we, space. Yeah, I don't. I think we might get one rest where it says like in the background that like a guy who was like towed by his truck while yeah. looking Laura in the house doing something. Yeah, I think it is. Um, and they're Bobby Campo looks. But yeah, so we, we we've got that little dynamic with um, George and Clara, which was a good one, and one of the only interesting. Yeah. Ones. And then after, like, this is what I mean. But the creativeness. That was a little bit creative, but that this is the other problem. Not they haven't they're not even backed up by like the inventiveness of the other films' deaths. No. Like and it, it tries for the whole and again, this is, this is something the next one does really well, which is the kind of teasing what might happen yeah. and diverting expectations. I really like those red herring. Yeah. Whatever. Like they try it in this film. The problem is they divert you and try to make you think like, oh, how are they going to die like this? Are they going to? Which is fine. They do it in other ones as well, to be fair. Um, but in this one, it half the time I found it diverted me to a place which was more disappointing than the way I thought they were going to go with it. I was yeah. like, oh, that's that. Oh, that might be quite be an interesting way to die. And then actually, it ends up doing a more disappointing version. I'm just, I was just like, 
this is like yeah another way to disappoint me is that i yeah. would have rather seen them die the other way so we go to samantha yeah in the hairdressers with her boys her boys are like running around like little shits is yeah, for the next step, Samantha's the next step. Yeah, yeah, because so Samantha, it, it's just like you said, we get little cutaway, of little cutaway, and we're home. back to the next one. Yeah. She's in the hairdressers. Um, the kids throw some stones. Oh, at the we sign. do get, so we get the, we do get a premonition here, and this is this is the shitness of these premonitions. These animated, yeah, 3D CGI. So literally, it's like um, I can't remember all of them specifically. I know one later on is like a snake twisting around the fit. Yeah. And you get that. But it's all this big, like proper CGI fake animation of how he sees his premonitions in his head. And it's like, really? That's how he's going to see his premonitions? Yeah. Like when it's just like shadows or flashes on a window or something, then I, like, I get it. That was like a little hint. But by this point, the premonition thing feels really played out as a way to make them run off to the next person. Yeah. That's all it seems to be. Is- um, Oh, what are we doing here? Like, what's happening there? Um, and uh, so she enters into the uh, into the hairdressers and her boys, yeah, little shits. They're like running around and she sends them off with like money or something. And, it, you know, and we we got her popping in and the, the hairdresser's not really impressed because she's had to stay late just for this one woman. Yeah. And there's a problem with her chair. It keeps going up and then suddenly dropping. Yeah. And this, yeah. the thing that was nice about this one is you're in a hairdresser's. Okay, so, okay, good. Hairdressers, plays on people's fears. What could happen to you in a hairdresser's? Yeah. You've got the sharp, you've got the, the chair that keeps popping up and down. You've got the, the scissors. And as we learn from, say, Final Destination 2, when the air bag goes off and impales her on the head, that one's super fast, but it was effective. It That's worked. the effectiveness. You know, yeah. Like, that worked. So if in this scene we had had where something, like, goes wrong with the scissors, or it drops down and, like, accidentally, like, Actually slices into her throat, yeah. or you know, or gets to something like that, I think it totally would have worked because people were like, shit, I'm scared of that. Like That is something you're scared of in, say, a hairdresser is that they could accidentally slip or thing. I'm not saying it's a huge fear, but it's still, it's sunk in everyday life. It's the lack because you're handing over control to somebody else. Yeah, that's what I mean. It you is know? that handing of control. And then we also get the, the fan, which is breaking above her. Yeah. And I think uh, the one the boy has left or she no, she left a drink on the side or something, and we've yeah. got like the water going down towards the electrics, which is quite a common one in front of us. Yeah. We've got the Death water trickling down. Um, so we get all these hints, and um, again, she she's talking, but she's not talking anything that relates to the film. It's just general chatter. Yeah. Like, oh my do this, or I like this hairstyle in this magazine, or things like that. There's nothing that really gets us to know the character except she's just kind of a bit self-involved and she's a family mother and, and she's, she's a lacking on time. Like, yeah, that's it, and you know, and she doesn't even look that much like a mum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> half the time. Um, yeah. So you're kind of there, like okay, and yeah, you've just got the hairdresser just like oh, like listening in the background, and you're wondering what's going to happen. Is the fan going to come down and cause something to do with it? Are we going to get yeah, you know, something like that? And then the boys rush back in. Yeah, yes, right. Yeah, um, the boys rush back in, and they um. And like they they like slip on the ground and things like that as they come back in and she's finished her hair and we're done with that. So we get a lot of those hints, but I can't remember that much more happening except for just no. like little. Ooh, is it going to be this? Yeah. Is it going to be that? Is it going to be this? Is it going? Okay, it's not going to be any of this because we're done now. Like she's just suddenly ill. Well, the, the fan falls down, doesn't it? Doesn't oh, it? does it fall down? It oh, falls down, see. but I think she got out of the chair by the. Oh end. yeah, she does. She jumps back, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So she's like freak. Yeah, that freaks her out as well. 
And just like these things like the fan falling and causing her to get impaled on something in the chair or the chair falling backwards and the fan coming down on her like head or so. I'm not saying that would be enough to actually kill her. But, you know, those kind of things, like in my head, that was all more interesting what was coming. Definitely. And then on the outside, yeah, with the kids playing around and stuff, I think we get the kids were throwing rocks and stuff like that. At a sign. Yeah. And the face starts. And we've got a guy on a lawnmower outside going round and round and round on his lawnmower. And she says to the kids, I've got my eye on you. And the lawnmower catches one of the stones that the kids were rocking, were, were catching into the lawnmower, flies out the, the side passage, straight through her eye, into the back of the, smashing the glass and into the back of the hairdressers. Yeah. And she's like, that's it. She drops like dead. I mean, I guess poor kids, because they literally see, see that. Mama dies, but um, it's a very anticlimactic death. Yeah, it, just, it felt like yeah. all of the fear was over now and then it suddenly hits you, which I guess could have been a shock. And to some people, that might have been a nice, good, sudden jump. Yeah. But I don't know. With this franchise, when you're expecting that thing to happen anyway, I don't think it's that surprising that she was. we knew she was going to die somehow. And also, I just think there was more interesting things that could have happened to Definitely. her. Definitely. Like, than that. Like, it, it, it's sudden and it's quick. Um, and the, the, the lawnmower bit is only played up a little bit in the background so yes it, it diverts expectations for what was going to kill her but yeah but it's kind of and again it yeah. might just come back down to character that we didn't give a shit yeah <laughs> like about exactly her. no we no, got no time with her um and then what happens because it's yeah again it's a very quick film but I've, i'm sure you know after that um they learn about the deaths don't they and then they're like oh it, this is i think when we mentioned earlier that they go back to the so George is kind of in on this a bit more now. Yeah. They, like they go and they because they, they go back to the to the racetrack to try and work out and they explain it to George and they talk about it. I think there is a mention of the previous films. Yeah. I think, they George, I think George is the one that actually like oh I looked this up and with cameras and like we can look on the cameras to help us work out what the order was. I yeah. think that's what they they kind of used to where people were. And um, I mean I think it is like after that. I think it literally just jumps to to now we've got George on the team, basically. George is on the team George, now. George is Another premonition of something to do with a, an animated, something to do with maybe a garage or a gas tank or something like that. Yeah. And that's when we go to the mechanics. And then they try and come in. Yeah, and that's it. It's just so, you know, so yeah. quick. Literally is, yeah. And this is the death I remember the most in the cinema because it just looks so fucking cheap. Like, you know, you... They go to the mechanics and there's all the the usual trappings you would get in a mechanics place, you know. Yeah, I mean this seems like a really da- like a really dangerous dangerous place and there's lots of ways that they could die in there. And I'm not like again, it it was just one where it felt like there was a lot of ways it could have died, but they leaned into the, what's the best 3D way you can die. Exactly. Instead. Um yeah, it literally like they're proper you can see they're all freaked out about it. And this is actually when we learn when we learn about because George is looking at the cars, yeah, the S- S- an SUV, and he's like, "That's when he kind of says about his daughters and his." So it's like we get a bit of character development yeah. from from George in this scene. The the two main protagonists are still just like characters to move from the next scene to the next scene yeah. as a reason. Um, and yeah, the mechanic doesn't want anything to do with it. Uh, mechanics like well i'm i'm around dangerous stuff every day and i'm not gonna die and blah 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 you know Um, yeah andy the mechanic there you go i didn't even know his name no that's what i mean i I don't even remember if his name actually ever gets mentioned it's the other thing we don't i don't think we learn all these characters names because i don't think they're all actually mentioned by name 
surely you probably are in the premonition. Some <laughs> that's that's Andy. He's like in his vision, like like pointing around like a Terminator vision. That's Andy. He's yeah, like, <laughs> it just scans him, Andy. Um, but yeah, he, you know, and then he goes over to the fence and talks to them, and then something happens. We get we get like. I think we get a little sort inside of the garage where like like uh, the the SUV that they were looking at literally drops. Yeah. Like they accidentally knock so they get pushed back and there's like sparks and flames and yeah. One of the SUV cracks down and like Phew. and he's like and then well, and he's well, like see I'm around death all the time like well it rolls down the hill it doesn't it yeah um, so we get the whole um, it rolls down and it almost gets it doesn't it like, yeah it almost like okay so it rolls down suddenly like he he's kind of getting chased by at the fence. In this big metal, proper metal fence, like it's a steel enforced. Like it's a, it's, it seems like a way over the top. Like I don't think I've ever seen a fence that looks like no, that. It's like it's knives. Proper, yeah, it's like <laughs> knives enforced kind of fence, which is like a lovely, obviously a setup for something. And then um, I think like the the soldering tool or something knocks off and it, it fly, it, like it, ro- it flies across to one of the gas canisters. Which the gas canister it. launches the CO two launches. It hits him. And just as he's saying, like, no, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not coming with you, kind of thing. You see him turn around and bang, it smacks him in the stomach, and he goes flying into the fence. And in the most freely sp- fashion, you get these chunks of four bits of his back yeah. kind of come out of you, which just—it's not even that. It's the fact that the chunks don't even look human. They don't. They look like the. They just look they like, look like beef. They, yeah, they do. Like they mince. literally like. They look like there's no actual organs in like the, the quality. They haven't even added in the no. way that the organs would change because a bit drops as away. If, as if we're just them. chunks of like beef, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like that, and the ch- like. But I don't remember really seeing any specific organs or things no. within that. It's so, so cheap. It's how they've done it, and that's how like. Just yeah. another quick one. Yes, it has a thing that goes from a thing to a thing, but it just still didn't feel like it's like of all the ways you could kill someone in that garage, it just didn't feel like an in the most interesting. I would have rather got crushed by one of the things, to be honest. Yeah. I would have rather got knocked over and the thing comes down and like completely like crushes his head. I know it wouldn't have been as visibly like, oh look, it's beef it's my, in my face. Yeah, it's mine blowing 3D. <laughs> mine blowing Probably. beef, Borgignon. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's just like so quickly done and then after this and all of the i mean i know that there is a uh what's it premonition leading up to this isn't there but it's just a fucking flash of this is 3d yeah this literally on my thing here it literally goes through i haven't got any specific like necessary scenes i've just got the, the like shit uh hunt and janet yeah they're next oh my god and we've got um i think we get a scene where uh, Nick and uh, Laurie try to explain to Hunt and Janet what is going on. Yeah, and Hunt's like, "Fuck it! If I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna go out doing it my own and way." Fucking so last. And Janet seems seems like freaked out. And I think they have the vi- within the vision. There's a, a vision like animated water, basically. Mm. I think and his coin and an explosion in the coin. Like that's it. Because so, for some shit. reason, you know, he has this coin, doesn't he? And then we get the 3D tits moment with Hunt banging some laughs. Nothing. And um, yeah, and just continue to be like a, a dick to her. Like she gets off him, he's on his phone, and he's just like, well, yeah, fuck it, I don't, I don't care, I'm out of here. And he just goes and sit on the sun lounger, and we get Janet going into a car wash. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say because it literally is just we don't really even see Nick and that. Like we see that they're, we know that they're off trying to find them, but we don't really see much what they do except for maybe George and Laurie in the car driving towards, like trying to work out. And yeah. Nick's like, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to look at this place, and you're going to look at this, this place. Um, 
I don't completely remember what makes George and Laurie go to the car wash. I think she rings them. They ring her. And she, yeah, she, they ring her and they, and Janet tells them as it's starting to malfunction and shit like that. It's starting yeah. to, and ja, yeah, so Janet gets stuck in the car wash as the car wash starts to go through. Her sunroof malfunctions and it starts to open up and let water inside. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God. And like, it's getting scraped with all the bits of the side. And she's trying to get out of there and she decides, like, that's when she's on the phone to them and like, oh my God. And she's like screaming at the water, filling up. And she tries to climb up onto the roof. And then the sunroof malfunctions again and traps her head in the top of the car in the top of the car sunroof and she's getting pulled through and she's getting closer and closer to the, the to the washer whites which yeah i don't know what that would do to someone oh but i was intrigued to find out yeah yeah but but at the same time we get hunt at the swim pool and um you see this one this one's very like we just see that the the pump is already malfunctioning because it pulls through it pulls something straight through i don't yes, really remember a reason why i can't um, remember why i mean like the the actual the grate that's meant to protect it gets like pulled into the thing yeah. i don't actually know what i can't remember much of a setup for why that suddenly malfunctions though as if it literally this is like almost it's like such a quick film this is like almost like back to um todd in the first one where as if I don't know if it's just meant to imply that this is death doing something to suddenly get you kind of thing, but it's not done in anywhere near as well as that one. Because no. it's just like, oh, that's set through. So any of those kids that are in the pool in that time <laughs> should really get like, there are plenty like going deep. Yeah. Any of those should get sucked into it. But no, it's it's his coin. Yeah. And he goes down for his coin into the pool to get it. And his butt all gets stuck. <laughs> he gets his ass sucked he onto it. Ass sucked. Of all things to get onto it. Like, why his ass only is the one part that gets pulled in? Like, it makes no it sense. He specifically it? pull his ass. Like, his, he's, he's face forward on it. Yeah. If anything, and if anything, that would have been more interesting to see his face get fucking like yeah. dry instead of his asshole, where you don't see anything except just like, looks Swirl. like he's going for a shit for a yeah. couple of minutes. And this is the thing. This is the first thing that reminds me of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. If <laughs> yeah. when his asshole don't like break because it. it will suck your guts out. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it just made me think of that scene where Mac does yeah. it and smiling. And I'm just like, what is going on in this film? Like, why yeah. is this a death? It's so like it's just so bad. Yeah, and um as as they're trying to stop it, we see Nick arrive at the thing and he doesn't have a clue what's going on. The pressure's building and building and building from his battle from his battle, <laughs> yeah. battle plugging up the thing, and then um and this is this is the disappointing thing. So Janet is just saved just before her face gets towards the that wiper thing. She's saved by Laurie and George. Like George driving straight in, I think, or yeah, Laurie, I think whatever, straight in and pushing the car out from the other side, therefore saving her. Yeah, uh, from getting her face washed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we get Hunt. His guts suddenly just, you see his chest kind of break in. Yeah. And the guts fly out of the top of the thing in a 3D. And the coin and animated 3D special flips in the air in your face. Yeah. Um, which so again, real, so fake. Yeah. <laughs> so real, you can grab it. It doesn't look at all like Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, we just see Nick kind of react to, oh shit, there's guts. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm guessing that must be Hunt then mm. because he's the only person I'm looking for dying today. And it's literally just like, Oh no, Hunt's dead. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah. Let's go on. Like, no one. I don't really feel like there's much of a, like too much of a reaction. But they I all, think this is Hunt was the you know they all it, thought he was a cat. Yeah. Uh, but isn't this the the next scene with George where he's contemplating about having a drink because don't they think he's next? Yeah. So George George is next. Uh, I will say that again. I was really disappointed because of the two deaths. Janet's was the one I would have rather have seen played out. Hunt's was just. 
that was completely lacking in creativity yeah. to me. That was just like shit. Janet, so I, I was interested. I don't know what I was interested. As I said, what would happen when your face is torn? Would your face get torn apart by that thing, or would it just get kind of like a bit of a wash? <laughs> um, but going on to the next, yeah, you can see George is freaked because he knows that he's kind of next. And we kind of get some scene. We do get a scene with Nora and Nick kind of talking about what are they going to do and how should we go about this? Are we, you know, we died. Are we meant to accept this? Are we meant to? And they were just like, for now, all we can do is keep trying to stop this chain of events. We've stopped Janet. And this, oh, this is what makes us not sure about it. So this is what leads to both tr them trying to do something interesting and also spectacularly failing at doing something interesting because yeah. George is in reaction to Janet's, which makes them think that now they've stopped Janet's, that they maybe have stopped the train chain. They decide to go to George to make sure that he's okay because he seems really distraught. Yeah, we come into the house. But we get the, we get a good scene before where George is contemplating drinking. Oh yeah, we his, do. We get like scenes. He's with got the alcohol and AA, um, and he's you know he's got a drink in front of him and he's contemplating drinking and this kind of stuff. And this kind of yeah, this is kind of like it's the the thing where it's just weird that like they gave this character so much more than anyone else. Yeah, and it, it's nice, but as we said, I wish that yes, it was more him. Um, and we get so as we like. As they like come to like contemplate about George, we enter into the house, and as we enter into the house, they can't find George anywhere. They're searching around Nick and Laurie, like where the hell is he? They hear a bang in the other room, and they crash through, and they're suddenly dangling, <laughs> just dangling, not dying. Dangling is George, and this just hanging from rope, like just. Just swim, swing, like swinging around, yeah. like he's just like really disappointed. And this is the always sunny reference too, because it reminds me of when Frank tries to hang himself, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't work. It's just like it's just like his neck holds it, or it just keeps breaking. On. Yeah, you know. And it's <laughs> I get the idea because you know whoever did this, obviously, you know it was kind of a callback to Final Destination too, where. Eugene tries to kill himself. But Eugene, that scene works really well because you see it's straight after a death. Yeah. And Eugene was the skeptical one. Yeah. That's now what... he's believing it. And he starts to believe it. And it's, you know, after he sees the death on the elevator in Final Destination 2. Um, and, but George, I mean, let's be, look, to be fair, with George's character, this whole depression part, it actually makes sense that he does. Like, I'm just going to get ahead of this then. And he tells us all the way. He said he tried to shoot himself, he put his head in the oven. I think he sat in the car. He, sat, like, he lists off all the ways he tries to kill himself and none of the ways worked, which is always a bit of a... With with Eugene's one, it was a one-off like, okay, so they were all blanks. It was like a, that should never happen. But that's just like the film itself. So that worked. But it doesn't work so much when they're listing off like several different ways because it just starts to make you really question like, okay, so how could this... like? Surely there's not a way that they can stop you from dying in every single kind of way. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I drive at like 20 miles, if I drive at like 100 miles an hour, I don't put my seatbelt on and then suddenly just decide to crash myself into it. Death's going to suddenly pop out and be like, nope, nope. <laughs> I, put a, I put a lorry full of cushions in the way. <laughs> like, so when you fly through, you'll get a little bit hurt, but you'll be caught by the pillows. Oh, yeah. Like it just, the more they quit, it, more it doesn't make sense. And it just comes across a little bit in a, a scene that should come across dark. 
comes across comical yeah. when he's just kind of it feels like they're playing up in it. Whereas Eugene's is played as quite a, like an almost emotional kind of moment for him where he's properly broken. Yeah. George's is kind of played up almost like a joke, which yeah. is not really a great thing in general to have a joke about suicide. No. Um, and the fact that it's just like, and, and then it always feels a bit intensive with the black guy. Just It's the black guy that's just stood there hanging and swinging around like, I've been doing this all day. You know, I just yeah. won't die. And then it leads to an even shitter part to me, which is that because he wouldn't die, they suddenly assume that that means that Janet's thing must have worked and that they all get to live now. Yeah. Which just doesn't make any sense to me as a thing. Like It's like, okay, so death is no longer under you, so that means you're immortal? <laughs> yeah. Like, do you think you're immortal now so you can't die? So yeah. death's it's like the opposite of death. God has now decided, no, you must live, my child. <laughs> yeah. must... So even if you try to shoot yourself in the head, I will no longer allow that to happen no. you must live. Like, it you just... are now invincible. But they like they're all toast. Like it must be over, yay! And like then they remember the cowboy. So though we you know we've we've been talking about this for a while, that whole section plays out normally like it. And we've literally sped for all these deaths. Uh, some of the highest in the 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 highest is it the second highest in all of the films I believe oh, or something yeah. like that. I think it's equal with maybe I think Final Destination Two maybe has as many. Yeah. Um, but it's. It's literally, you've flown through all these and you've got to this point. They all get to this point where there's a little bit of peace for a little while. Yeah. They think maybe something's like, okay. I think in the third one, though, the third one's quite fast and doesn't really have much. That no, much the, first one the third one's the only one that doesn't have a little moment of peace where they think they're okay. The first two do, although the first one, it comes much, it basically is the end where they think they're free. But this one kind of has that point, point where they're all getting on with their lives and they've all got, I think it kind of skips forward a few months or something. So it's all kind of like, it's okay, we've, we've survived it. It's not after us anymore. And they're like all weeks later, something like that. And it's like, they're all kind of having this like period of freedom and things like that. But it just, again, it just felt like, right, you've just rushed through. You've just killed off tons of people. And now here we are at this kind of momentary, like, or peace before this like storm. Yeah. And then uh, Nick hasn't been able to, like, he's doing it a bit. I think he sees something on the TV or something. But they hear about the cowboy. Yeah. Can't quite let it go. Yeah, yeah, and the premonition with the hospital and the snake wrapping around and things like that that just looks so shit, (laughs) so poor. And then this leads to what I may believe to be possibly the worst Final Destination setup and death in the whole (laughs) franchise. Definitely one because out of all of the the minimal amount we knew the other characters, we know this guy even less, except for the fact that he's polite and he says thank you, ma'am. Yeah, but this is all we know about him. Um. We suddenly go, we know that Laurie and Janet are going to the cinema together. And then Nick gets that vision and he goes and gets George and they rush off. And we see inside the hospital and the cowboy dude is, he has been like, he turns out he was still alive. He's just been in like a coma and he, we see him and he's fully bandaged up leg up, like everything. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's pretty fucked up. Like he's, he's like covered in like burns and scars and scratches and all whatever. Um, And then the setup for this one is just, I think I'd said to you, like, this isn't death. This is just negligence. <laughs> yeah, death. Because the bar, cause it's, a, it's an old dude who's, you know, like an old man who's, like, racist to the Asian nurse who's taking care of him. Yeah. And the they're ne- filling up this bath, and the guy's like, well, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be back in a minute. But the bath's already full. Yeah, it literally is. Like, you can see it's almost completely full. And the nurse walks out and leaves the bath still, like, going. Right like, at full fast. speed. Yeah. And he's just like... You can see the old guy kind of goes like, 
like what <laughs> and like it, it just like in the other films they have had like things where like workers have been a little bit negligent or they've left things out or things like that but only like a little bit in an everyday it's like a, a spanner left yeah somewhere. but this doesn't make any no. sense the nurse can literally see the bath is like i think it's already too full if anything because the dude's gonna go <laughs> yeah, in, he's gonna go go in, in his harness which is gonna have weight like it's like it's already too full so this is already a shit setup for a death and it starts overflowing, and the 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 cowboy, as we refer to him, I'm just going to call him cowboy. I'm not even going to look at what his name was. No, the water's dripping Cow- on him. Yeah, and it like it, it's it's messing up the electrics on here, so he can't ask for help. Yeah, and the old man's like, hey, you And the whole like was filling up, and again, like I don't think anything. I don't really think the damage would should really be able to happen this quick, and I feel like they should be soon to stop it, unless Um, they've just got really bad like. I mean, I know it's like that shitty boarding roof where it's like almost like what you had in like schools and stuff, where it's basically like it's almost like a form of like foam that's like covering the ceiling. But But still, you'd think there'd be more between the actual floor. Because they are like hard covered floors that are meant to be for like if things get wet and things like that. Yeah. But anyway, we're dripping and he starts realizing, oh shit, and he can see like the ceiling start to break through and things. So he tries to get out and move and you see him like almost in a very, it reminded me of like sore, I think I said, because it, like he's covered in all the scars. He's like, he's like blood and he's like dragging himself along the yeah. floor, which is the only shot that's like fairly like, okay, that looks fairly like gruesome to be fair. And then George and Nick get there. And the water starts properly pouring through. We see him on the floor, and suddenly, <laughs> and this is for me. This is always sunny. Reference free <laughs> because they go in, and then Cowboy's on the floor, and he turns around and looks at them. And I was expecting him to go. I just want to be pure. <laughs> Frank Reynolds when he shakes all his hair off. He's all covered in like anti-back. <laughs> yeah, and then the and then the the, the whirlpool or whatever it is crashes down on top of him. Yeah. And it's just completely like it's a character to be fair. It's a death that we weren't expecting to be getting, but it's just it's it, it's shit. It doesn't the setup doesn't make any sense. No, the setup is not even death. It's like okay, that problem that may have happened either way. But it's also the fact that the bathtub then it start as it starts leaking when it first comes through before it really gets badly thing is when it starts dripping underneath yeah. it, which implies that the bathtub's actually above him in the bed because it starts yeah. pouring there. Whereas it turns out it's all the way on the other side of the room where he's like got through, but that side of the room isn't actually even dripping yet. No. So you see that there's already like a, a if bit you think a... about it, like, and these aren't the kind of things where you should think about them too much to be fair, but it just is like, doesn't make sense. It's quick. It's cheap. And it, you know, it's, yeah. it's almost like it didn't need to be in there. Even. Yeah. Like, and then literally the next bit is they go outside of the hospital because they're like, okay, this is happening yeah and then this is what i said to you so with um terry's death in final destination, destination one, one yeah she suddenly steps out into the road and she doesn't look for ways mid-sentence steps out and it's a very instant thing yeah and we watched this scene two or three times where george and uh bobby camper walk out of the hospital and they're already like a little bit into the road they're already pretty much midway across the midway road. across the road he gets hit uh, just as they're stepping off which makes you think that someone's driving should have already seen you anyway. Yeah. And then the fact that it turns out to be an ambulance makes you even more like you should re- like you, you, should ha- be you drive at, you drive at fast speeds all the time. You should be like, look, it doesn't seem random. No, because they're already a good, you know, a good little bit into the road. Yeah. 
So it just doesn't make any sense for me. I get what they're trying to do, you know, like a sudden quick death. But it's just like, yeah, it it, it just it, 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 it really, yeah, it doesn't it, it doesn't make sense. And <laughs> the other thing I says we also drive, so they're coming off. Of, like again, if you follow from this side, the, they're coming off the road. They're pretty much he's pretty much almost about to step on the curb as he gets hit. Yeah, which is on the left side. We drive on the left side in the UK. In America, they drive on the right side. So why is it even on that fucking side of the road? <laughs> If you see what I mean, it's actually he's on the ambulance is on the even on the wrong side. So like it was only one of those things where I'm picking things apart only because this just proves on the other one that they just don't. It's just there for a reason. It's just there to be like a quick. And there's no thought put into it. No, there's no actual logical thought put into it. The only thing I like about the fact is that George gets a quick death because I like George. I like George. So I I kind of was like. I'm glad he didn't get a horrific, horrible, slow yeah. death. It's just a quick, like, bang, you're dead. He gets properly splattered to bits, though, which just doesn't feel like you'd get that splattered because you just see, you see, like, all you see is basically piles of mush of blood and guts, like, all over. Like, the big piles and stuff. If you're, hitting, if you're hitting it fast enough, maybe. I mean, yeah, maybe, but it just, yeah. It, but, it was quick, I think, and obviously that... yeah. This is part of our first... This is part of the twist that they've tried to yeah. play in the film. And then, do you want to tell them? Let's just... Yes, all right, I can do a little bit. Yeah. Um, a little bit there. Um, so, so this is... So, Laurie and Janet have gone to the cinema and they invited Nick originally. And this is when Nick knows that, oh, shit, they're not safe. Yeah, and he speeds over to get to the, and we start seeing about a construction site that's behind the cinema. Yeah, like literally behind the cinema screen that they're in, it appears because the way it explodes. Um, and he's rushing there, and there's there's like um, a load of gas canisters in the construction yards and things like that. And there's also like so as they finish work and all go off for like lunch or something like that, you see like a flicker of like a flame like go towards a pile yeah. that starts like a a slight fire inside of the area and he's rushing there through through the the shopping center uh speeding to get there and speeding to get them out of there and laurie herself is even starting to get a bit like something just doesn't feel right here yeah and she's saying to janet but Janet's being a completely like no i was you know i'm here and she even does that whole like really shit dialogue bit where it's like i was meant to see this film like yeah you can't get me out of here i was meant to see this film i was meant to be and Nick arrives and he starts he starts trying to stop the fire and the flames and the things like that. And we have that whole like sequence. Um no, that's, no, before, that's, that's before. Does he go into the construction site the first time? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He goes he goes, he goes into, into cinema, cinema, tries to get her out, and yeah, she says, I'm meant to see this film. And then the, and then they then run the out of there. Out. We get the <laughs> we get the fairly funny bit where the manager the manager like the manager of the first one kind of goes up to the thing and says, no, no, it's, it's okay. And then boom. Yeah. And the clock's counting down on the screen in the film, in the film that they're watching, the yeah. loves something, loves life lost or something like that. Um, and we get an explosion on the 3D, which again is something where you think they're sitting in the cinema and you see the explosion in a screen within a screen. You'd think that would be really awesome. I, I remember like being like, oh, this quite this might be actually quite cool in the cinema to see yeah. it like explode in my face. But again, it just didn't work. It just like I remember expecting the 3D nails and stuff to fly at me, but I don't remember anything like that happening. Or me. And it's how forgettable um, and, the film is. And you get things for Janet gets like 
literally like swept in, impaled, yeah. impaled, uh, like. And as it explodes out in the hole, they quickly run back in and they see that Janet's basically dying. She's like, well, yeah. yeah. Other people around them are just thinking, and they're just like, oh, shit, let's get out of here. And then as they run through, that's when it explodes and the manager gets like thrown backwards against yeah. the, against like a pole. And they're running through in the whole shopping center. Bits are starting to like explode and collapse and all around them. And they get to what is one of the actually kind of cool deaths in the film and properly gruesome death is when Laurie and Nick are on the, the uh, escalator. escalator. That's it. And, elevator. <laughs> and it started to take them down, but the bottom of the escalator kind of explodes and just leaves the the, the cogs and the wheels whirring at the bottom, yeah. and it's slowly moving them down towards it. They're trying to get up, but they're kind of stuck. And then uh, Laurie's shoe gets stuck in it, and he's trying to pull her, and he's trying to pull her. But it's and- a it's it's so good because that's a fear that I think people do have on escalators. Like, I've yeah. at least worried like, what if my shoelace gets caught in there? Yeah, I think with those, you even just worry like wife i fall over because they're quite sharp like, yeah. they look quite sharp and metal you're like even if, if i like quickly rushed up one of these like maybe sometimes you might have run up one or something like that and i think you do have a, if i fell over right now am i basically just going to get like stabbed through the head if i fall over? <laughs> yeah i'm just, just impaled by the steps um so that was a, a legitimate feel and he's trying to pull it but it doesn't work her, her foot then gets in a it was i think we were both watching the scene yeah. together and it did still make us wince because it literally her leg you suddenly just see it like twist bend and snap yeah like around one of the cogs and you're like oh shit and then it kind of and then the rest of it to be fair is quite quick she gets pulled in and then you basically just see like a kidney just yeah it's, it's and, like, some laces flinging around it, it could have been even more graphic than it is but it's a proper violent like you are like oh shit like that is quite like that was a violent death that was a more interesting than majority of any in this and it yeah. was more gruesome um and then he's there and he's screaming and he's blood splattering in his face and then suddenly whoop, the premonition back. Yeah. and it was a premonition it was a second premonition in the film and he is just at the moment to save uh george i was gonna say bubba again bubba. um and he turns but it's too late as soon as he turns around you hear it smack and he's like oh shit so he runs to get into his car to stop it and this time he thinks about how could i stop it in advance yeah. and this is when he goes into the construction <laughs> site at the back and he starts but it's death is trying to stop him because a thing like the, the nail gun falls off and like nails him against the yeah. wall and we can see that the the, the, the oil. Ga- oil tank is going towards the the, the pit the, the the layer of sawdust basically the huge pile it's that's basically on fire already and the second it touches and he grabs like a, a large stick and lorries again we're flicking to them inside saying something doesn't feel right here yeah. But this time she kind of gets more talked out of it. So it's kind of like, right, it seems like she's staying this time. So this time she's going to die if he doesn't stop yeah. saying. And he gets like the end of the stick and gets some fire out of this big long one and trying to lift it up. Which like already, I think we already talked about the logistics of like, the oil is like right next to it when he first starts yeah. to pick it up. So it's kind of like, there's no chance you're doing this in time. Like, this is no. it, you're fucked. Yeah. Like, and it even like, just as he manages to get the sprinklers system to go on, the flames have already started and they start traveling and it puts out straight away, which again, I dismiss the logistics that oil, I feel like the flame would not get the oil out that quickly because no. it just doesn't work like that. Like oil is much more like, <laughs> it's hard to get that. Like, if oil goes over the top of a swimming pool, for instance, it sets a light. Yeah. So the fight, like, it's not going to go out that quickly, especially as it's literally almost back at the gas canister as it just happens to go out. Don't you need, you need to use like a sand um yeah like or a foam or something like that. Means, foam, like, you've got different like like different to cover it different fire extinguishers so water it. doesn't always work so that's why i was like i don't think that would have worked yeah um and yes so he manages to stop 
he manages to stop that and saves the day. Hurrah, they're alive. But then this is the thing that I said to you, is that he has now created multiple Final Destination situations yeah. for other people. Because the other people who died in the premonition have now escaped death. Yeah. And so now the they're going to die. Yeah. So everyone in that cinema or in that in whole the... shopping center, this is now like a mega final destination. Like, yeah, we're just going to start getting people dropping dead all the time, which again, we said about the cinema, the idea of this time, it's a mass of people that should have lived, And he survived. He saved a mass of people. That's why I was talking about the cinema and start saying, you know what? I know that would just be an, an onslaught and not being able to have characters, but if you're going to go in for the schlocky 3D just deaths and stuff, then why not make it an even bigger crowd of people and just start like offing people in big chunks? Like as soon as they leave, like a whole bunch of them get like wiped out by something. Or, like, friendship groups, you know, or, or part out. of the shopping center collapses anyway on like a huge pile of them. Like that would have been a more interesting opening of a film yeah. than the one we get. Um, yeah. So like as said, it's. It that it just doesn't quite make sense because if we go back to the logic and say Final Destination 2, one boy was saved, gets blown up by the barbecue at the end because he was saved by one person. Therefore, yeah. we're, within the logics of the storytelling of the same film that the same director made, yeah, this one should now lead to shit tons of people who are going to die. So he's literally basically just like destined them all to like a horrific death, the ones that were going to die in that explosion. Yeah. And then the film just ends. So it doesn't, you know. Is that, yeah, yeah. Is that the end? Just that's what I'm because, oh, no, yeah, so we get to... Um, this is when we get the, the, the bit that I always hated, which is the X-ray point. Yeah. So it just then skips to Nick. This is like this is like probably the only, like one of the only moments we get from the Nick character where he's like, at the end, he has his, this is like a double chocolate caramel swirl whipped cream macchiato, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Like, oh, look at me. I'm living now. I'm, I'm living with sugary drinks. And this is a Give horrible. myself diabetes. Yes. And they're all sat inside of the same cafe we saw them talking in earlier. And that's when we get a kind of a very like final destination, like the first one's kind of ending where you see a bus 180. Yeah. And you see like all of like outside the construction yards and stuff like that. And I think even the, he goes up to a guy and warns him, like, safety first, man. Like, looks at the, should that be like that? And I think that actually yeah. plays into their final death thing where that ends up, that scaffolding collapses and causes the tr the lorry to divert or the bus, yeah. the bus to divert. And it goes into the cafe. And instead of getting them to actually, instead of actually getting to see those three characters get wiped out so quickly. Um, and again, we did have another question about the logistics of shouldn't technically someone have now be skipped? Yeah, that's it. But we've, we've just skipped to killing all three of them at once. Like in the first one, it skipped back round to Carter, for instance. It didn't just off them all like that. You see what I mean? None of the other films have done this, except for the end of Final Destination 3. But they each got like a timed out, like that person dies, that person well, dies. Well, that's the thing. And she's left. It's still in the right order. In this one, it's not. They all basically get hit at the same time and all get like crunch crushed. Yeah. It's Bob the only one that's just like, right, let's just wrap this up by killing them. But Bobby Camper doesn't die in the second premonition. No. Which is why I was thinking, well, does you know, does that not mean that which prom like yeah, are which we still in the first premonition timeline or in the second? Like, where are we now? This yeah. is why this this twist does not work. It's no. not thought out. Like the rest of the film, it's not a thought-out film. It's 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 try it, the film is trying to divert expectations. Yeah, it's trying to be like big and bold and it's trying to make it fun with 3D. And it almost fails across the board on yeah, all of those does. things. And the thing is, you know, with um, 
because we said this, we watched the because that's the end of the theatrical cut, isn't it? But we watched both yeah. the. Uh, we get know, the, the bones crunching. Yeah, as I said, like um, in, in the cinema, this was the thing that ending above everything else even disappointed me even more because I was just like. Really? So we've watched that whole film, and now I just have to watch these animated, animated deaths of the characters. I guess could have been cool. like the three characters. I would have rather seen this actually played out. Like I want to see them die, and then at the end credits we get the whole 3D versions of how other characters died in other yeah. films, which is you know it, it's a fairly cool and it's a very interesting thing that we'll touch on in the next episode is that we get a very similar the opening of this film where it shows like 3D but X-ray versions, and the ending shows 3D. The next one does a similar thing where the opening links to the yeah. previous films and the ending. But the next one, it's done so much better. It is, isn't it? It's, it's like almost the next one literally is. And I believe that they actually, this was meant to be the final film. And Find Us, they, part of the reason they did Find Us Nation film, five, five, partially I'm guessing because this one made a lot of money. Yes. Yeah, definitely. But another reason was people said that they wanted to make up for and make an actual good final chapter. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's why the next one is basically, in some parts, it almost feels like redoing this film, but in a much better way. <laughs> yeah. But we looked at the, um, you know, we, alternate endings. we looked at the alternate endings, and one of them is in the premonition. Um, Nick actually dies during the um in escalator order, doesn't it? it's that yeah so that question about uh we said in final destination three that the question about if you committed suicide or something like that if you actually managed to succeed in killing yourself would that completely stop yeah. the timeline um from the mckinley character in final destination three which we said final destination three gives that interesting idea but never actually uses it no like if they commit suicide and it actually plays out here in final destination four where we get that scene with Instead of going into the construction site and stopping all that stuff, he basically just grabs one of the barrels. And, yeah. And <laughs> jumps out the window. Yeah, he, he like stops the fire quick, very quickly, I think. Grabs a barrel, runs, jumps out the window. And, and it, looks, it looks awful. It, it does. Really, it's that hilarious. It, it hadn't been rendered properly. It hadn't been rendered, but I still think it would have been a hilarious, like, if, if they'd used that, even the way he's acting. Just, just seems like oh, like ah, it's so funny. And then boom, it explodes because he had the gas canister and, in his hand. And watching it because it's a deleted scene, um, and it hasn't had the you know hasn't had the music edited over it, so there's like no tension there. And it's so it's just such a weird. No, thing. it's just I, silent. It's just it? silent. So I it just like yeah. drops and then it goes. I think there's an explosion sound. There is but... an explosion sound. I'd recommend watching it on YouTube because it's so weird. It is so um, weird. But uh, the idea is that you know he kills himself. The explosion closes the mall so yeah. that all the people in there survive. But yet again, that would open them up to a final destination situation. Yeah. And then Janet and Laurie are like, you know, he did it for, so that we could live. And then the air conditioner. That, so this is actually yeah. so the interesting thing is in, in the in the theoretical version, we have this scene which is never played up again, which is where Laurie and Janet look up and above them there's this giant air conditioning well, yeah, we don't know what it is. We just know this giant unit is being lifted over the top, and the shadow comes over. Yeah, um, but that is never actually played in. So this just shows how, like, they didn't even think in some parts of the editing about changing certain scenes. Yeah, so it must have been just a rush around to change it up. But um, yeah, but they they see that they 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 Laurie knows that Nick's dead, and she's like quite upset, and Janet's yeah. over and things like that. And then Janet, I think, says something about at least we're like. At least this is he it. Did it he did so it for us to save us. And so to save think about that. He's a hero. And then I think they step backwards, in, like on the end side of the overpass as they're walking away. It just suddenly, like you just see this big 
thing, which, by the way, is not as big as the air conditioning unit no. we saw go over the top. So, again, inconsistency there. Comes down splat, and we see, well, in the, as it's deleted, it's not rendered, as we said, a, a very fake CGI hand kind of flies like yeah. at you without like with the fake blood not it doesn't look that far away from the finished yeah. products to be fair because they look shit anyway um and that fly flies at them um that one did i'm assuming the premonition still took place in that one as well that version of the yeah well, I believe so that it he did. decides to do that he decides to end it through death um if that was the original ending i don't really understand i mean apart from the whole that george tried to kill himself the whole idea that he could kill himself to end it isn't really played up so it wouldn't have made any sense either no so the theoretical version does make more sense uh and there was an extra delete there was another alternate ending where it basically the film ended but uh nick got so the film ended with the bit of the escalator so there wasn't actually any uh, premonition part of it the film actually would have ended when nick got to the escalator and then he also gets pulled into it at the end yeah. apparently that was some kind of ending which that would, would like if I think about this correctly. So then that means that none of the premonition part would have happened, which is about another ten to fifteen minutes of the film, which would have made this film about a tight sixty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> which makes it not even technically a barely even a feature length yeah. film. Yeah, I mean we've this after this episode is just you know clocked in an hour and you know thirty five minutes. We're longer than the film. Longer <laughs> than the film that we're talking that we're, yeah. that we're and we supposed to be giving we didn't a brief even... overview. Yeah, we didn't even do a pre-talk. Like, we normally would have a little yeah. discussion beforehand. But this time we were like, let's just get into it and see where it goes. Yeah. Um, all of these have been longer than we expected definitely. them to be. But, yeah, this one's definitely, like, longer. And I guess it's because we've just... <laughs> there were, I guess when you have something that's a worse product in a way, you have more to talk about purely just to pick things out that were bad definitely. about it. Um, there were, and as we said, there were, a, there were a few positives in this film. Um, a few. The George character. And the Carter scene is probably my best death purely because I find I'd it say, interesting. I'd say that's the best death. But even then, it kind of it does it does fail in comparison to the deaths in the previous films. It does. Yeah. yeah. This this is the worst <laughs> example of deaths in general across the films. Um, for gruesomeness, for the fact that they just don't look real. Because we even said like when we revisited these, I expected maybe Final Destination One, Final Destination Two to the deaths to not hold up that time. but. Do not hold up that well, uh, but in one, two, and three, for the most part, they all held up quite well. Yeah, there was a, three had. I'm I'm thinking more about um, the athlete's name. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah, I was thinking Trey, but no, I that's right. Trey. No, no it's not. not Trey. No, no it's not. I can't. Um, I, but, but his death, you know, with the weights on the head, the blood splatting across the yeah. That looks a bit, you know. That was so. That was another thing, I guess, of one of these things that Final Destination Three introduced that the other ones didn't do as much, which was one and two, and most of three, to be fair, did them practically yeah. with CGI added on, which makes it far better because they nearly always look real. Sometimes just maybe a little bit of the blood doesn't. Yeah. But most of the time, it's just the blood in the guts that they sometimes add a little bit to. So all the other ones, such as like. Um, when in Final Destination uh, Two, when um, when he gets cut by the barbed wire fence, oh, Roy, yeah, and that was done a mix of practical and thing, and that's why it still looked pretty good. All all of these in Final Destination Four, I'm almost certain, were very lacking in any practical effects. Yeah, definitely. Like apart from Car Carter getting dragged, yeah, by the fire, I believe that looked like a whole practical effect one. But Hunts is all fake. 
uh the most of the car wash scene looks like it's been added cgi like parts of car wash yeah the escalator death is the cinema death is yeah it's all just full of and this is why again in horror films when you start doing just pure cgi deaths it like yes it's come along a bit now where some of them work but i think there's nothing like even with the actors reactions yeah real practical effects helps even the actors make it feel real yeah whereas cgi ones just makes it seem like you can tell when someone's just like reacting to it oh god but it must be hard for an actor to yeah have to use the imagination and be looking at like a ten a tennis ball yeah to a green screen and they're just like react to somebody blowing up and they're like that's for me and yeah. it's a common mainstay and to be fair a lot of big budget films now it is basically just everything's made out of like everything is cgi you know what i mean yeah. like everything around you is just cgi and yes they've got very good at that now but i think with horror films if you can do it practically do it practically yeah definitely like make it look real it's so much better like most of like the best like thing have very little that it's used as just for cgi is quite often just used as to create the right tone yeah or to add that little bit of extra gruesomeness or that little shine that little moment but say for yeah. instance like everything in like say halloween the new one was yeah. pretty much practical with just a few added effects of where they need to do certain things with the mask or the knife or the yeah. way it went in or things like that to make it appear as if it's going in it's easier to do it cgi but the blood and the guts or real those kind of things you know what i mean yeah so i think that is extra what adds on to this to make it not feel that real um and i think this one and the next one are a nice comparison to each other Definitely. so i think that the next one will be referring back to some of this one just to say like probably that's how you do it <laughs> yeah because you know this one definitely it is the weakest of the films and it's generally quite a poor film you know it um, is yeah at least with you know free, we saw it kind of coming off the tracks a little bit. Yeah, again, a bit of a <laughs> nice pun because of the, yeah. But um, <laughs> at least it was still relatively enjoyable. Yeah. Whereas this, there's so many plot holes and things just look bad, and it's, it's just so fast. It, it breaks, yeah, it breaks the immersion in the film. Yeah, you don't have if you don't have time to settle. That's not a good thing. It's almost as if they decided that theirs would be based on a roller coaster. It's like, oh, if we just keep piling it onto them, that no it doesn't work like, that. like kind of what made the first two work so well is the fact that you had some time to breathe between them you had some time to think whereas this one you're just seeing a constant onslaught of animated bits be thrown at you and you're just like it's just you feel a bit numb i think yeah. a bit like okay. it's not the fun it should be no it, it doesn't um and you got anything else to add about it just that uh, <laughs> just yeah i mean literally I mean, this is the odd one where at this point that we've been, if I was to review just the ones we've done so far, it would literally go, the film would go in order, basically, of how good they are. Like, it yeah. goes one, two, three, four. Yeah. They literally each time have got progressively worse. And we'll come on to the, where the next one places next week. Yeah. Um, but you'll see, like, you can, you can see that whoever did the next one obviously went and looked back and tried to work out what made this Definitely. franchise good. And it's very rare that we shit on a film completely, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, this is one where I wish I could, uh, like, I wish Final Destination 3, I kind of said, yeah, I can, I recognise the problems and I recognise that it rushed through certain deaths and it was just a constant thing. But weirdly, there was still a bit of fun and creativeness about yeah. it. And the deaths were interesting, at least. You know, we had a bit of interest and the characters had something, at least. You yeah. know, the, the main character was at least interesting or things like that. But with this one, I just, like, characters 
we picked out pretty much mainly one character that we were somewhat interested. Deaths, we could pick out one which was still far less inventive than anything else in any of the other yeah. franchise. And story and even opening, like on some of them you can be like, well, at least the opening opening was like good or something like that. But yeah. I can't even say that here. even this across the board, there. this was a, a failure on the part of the director. Yeah. And in general, just whoever made this I don't know if it was a rushed idea or something like that, but it just was not thought through. And I know from the background things that it wasn't it wasn't completely a rush. They thought about after three, they thought about doing another one, even though it was going to be the third one was originally considered as an ending, you know, because it was making money and they kept making more money each time it was out. Yeah. They were like, yeah, okay, we'll make another one. I, d- I just, uh, I don't know how you got to this idea. Um, but... I'm glad. I'm glad that this was not the final destination. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously, next week we will be concluding our retrospective with um, Final Destination Five, uh, which was, I believe, 2012, maybe uh, 2011. 2011. Um, and we will, yeah, we'll be looking in depth at that film and also talking a little bit about where we think the franchise could go because there's yeah. rumors about the franchise coming back. Yeah. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, uh, you know, come and find us on Twitter and Instagram at CMTH Podcast. Let us know what you thought about the Final Destination 2009. Um, any points you agree with, anything you disagree with. And if you've enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It always helps out. And we will see you next week. Goodbye.